is up bitcoiners it's your boy ck and i just had a great conversation with anat tapadia of hexa wallet hexa wallet is a full featured non-custodial bitcoin ecosystem and just amazing interface for people both advanced and beginners to start using bitcoin and interacting with the bitcoin network uh, i think you all will be super impressed with everything that Anat and his team have built into the Hexa wallet. Uh, and I think you guys are going to be pretty mo- pretty darn motivated to check it out. They have a ton of amazing features already built in that are some of the most well thought out features available. And they're bringing in more. They're bringing in Lightning. They're bringing in hardware wallet support. They're bringing in so many things that Bitcoiners wish were already in their mobile wallets. So Y'all are going to be super impressed with what and not in his team are building. And I think you're going to be impressed with this podcast. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Bitcoiners, I'm sitting across from a friend and a builder in the space, Anant Tapadia. So Anant, we met for the first time in Dallas. I think it was the 2019 BitBlock boom. And it was at the beginning when you were building you know, really the ultimate Bitcoin mobile wallet. Uh, and now, you know, we're sitting across uh, the mobile wallet is finally, re- you know, been uh, pushed out the 2.0 version of the Hexa wallet. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk to you about Bitcoin, talk to you about Bitcoin users and talk to you about like what went into this very, very feature rich wallet that you and your team have built. Absolutely. Thanks, Ike. Nice to talk to you. Yes, we met at BitBlock Boom, and at that time, Hexa was an idea. Hexa was an idea that, uh, you know, when you talk to your friends and family, and we've all come across this, when you talk to your friends and family, the exact, uh, you know, points of friction that they go through, how to resolve them. And since we know this is like a programmable money space, and it's like borderless and, borderless and permissionless, you you can do a lot with wallet. So that was the initial idea. There was There was some you know, um, initial thoughts that we wanted to share with the community, get their feedback. So that was Bitblock Boom. It was amazing. We got some really good feedback, onboarded a couple of really awesome advisors like Matt and uh, others. So that is where the journey started. And uh, now we have Hexa 2.0. So Hexa 2.0, just to be clear, Hexa 2.0 is the um, latest avatar of the app. And it is uh, it is uh, it is the 1.0 was completely in beta. We have been testing and talking to the users and getting a lot of feedback, doing a lot of improvements. But Hexa 2.0 is the is the you know real wallet out there now. So that's that's the journey in short. Awesome. Well, we're we're going to dive a lot more into the wallet, but you know I would love to just talk to you about Bitcoin these days. You know, obviously, you know with 2020 happening and uh, a lot more kind of global friction. Uh, the case for why Bitcoin has never been, you know, more clear. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, we met before any of this happened, you know, how has the recent events like shaped your view on, on Bitcoin? And, you know, obviously your product is ultimately a product that is seeking to help people actually access the network and the, the, the currency. So uh, sending it back to you. Yeah, I think when we met in 2019, I would have given like, you know, Bitcoin as 
you know 10 percent success success chance but now it's you know way beyond 50 percent i would say even if i'm being conservative so much has changed um, especially you know post covid and post lo- lockdowns and stuff like that it's just just amazing we you know, having was there that's 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 true but uh, one of the first thing was paul tudor jones right and uh, the way he the way he wrote about bitcoin i think he was one of the first to you know um appreciate what bitcoin really does and why you should invest in it and what's the value of it and after that it has been like you know sailor and alan and then uh all kinds of uh, wall street people and all kinds of people who understand the macro conditions it's, it's at the end of it is a macro product bitcoin is a macro product it doesn't it's not about a specific country it's not about a specific economy it's not about a specific uh, industry so people who understand macro properly have really you know uh, most of them drucken miller bill miller these guys have really um, kind of laid out the case very properly out there so that was the biggest thing that happened for me initially and then uh, there were a lot of people still holding back okay you know what uh, there's still this environmental concern there's this still you know china controlling bitcoin and stuff and one by one we are actually you know surprisingly uh, able to kill a lot of fud um, you know the one we are talking about china controls bitcoin right that that was one thing i i i thought we'll never get away from it china is full of natural resources mining is really convenient there a lot of um, asics are already you know uh, established over there so that was one fud i thought we'll never get rid of but china really helped us out there by banning mining and uh, we have seen how the mining hash rate went down but it just you know came back up again like nothing had happened yeah i mean it really is quite amazing you know the fallout of china completely vanquishing their mining industry was you know two weeks of very slow blocks and higher fees and after that um you know after the hash rate just kind of started like climbing its way back and now here we are almost back at all time high, which is, you know, I'm sure it's a combination of new machines getting plugged in because there were a lot of orders, you know, from the beginning of 2019 and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but, you know, a lot, I'm sure a lot of it too, is just like those machines that were in China, you know, getting transported somewhere else where they could mine and getting reestablished. I know like Kazakhstan was, was a big yeah. one. I know the Ukraine and Russia um, are both, uh, you know, ha- well suited per se for mining so you know i i i think it's just a massive 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 testament one i guess it kills the china controls bitcoin narrative but two um it it just shows like how resilient the system is absolute resiliency is in two pieces right like for example the protocol is resilient so half of the network uh, at least 40 percent of the network like just went away almost overnight but what nothing happened the blocks are still being produced maybe slowly but they were still being produced so that shows the resiliency of the network and uh, um, you have a difficulty adjustment and everything is back to normal so that's the resiliency of the you know protocol and when you look at the resiliency of the mining community then that that is kind of uh, you know you can see that because of the rebound in the hash rate right so they are self driven in terms of you know they want to make profits and they are rational actors and that game theory played out perfectly well they just uh, moved jurisdictions and uh, we are back at uh, back at all time high hash rates yeah i mean and talking about the resiliency of bitcoin miners 
the incentives worked perfectly too, because guess what happened? As soon as China banned mining, it became extremely lucrative to have a mining machine plugged into the wall. Uh, so Absolutely. every single person who is mining all of a sudden started making a lot more and they haven't stopped even with the hash rate kind of uh, coming back. Uh, so, you know, again, uh, the incentives worked absolutely perfectly and it just makes you feel really good about Bitcoin in uh, this crazy, uh, in this crazy clown world that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's one thing to actually theorize it. So we have been, you know, discussing a lot of ifs and buts and, you know, scenarios. What if China bans Bitcoin? What if this happens? What if overnight, you know, ban happens? What if this happens, that happens? But actually, a lot of them have been, you know, played out and the game theory um, has played out the way, you know, we thought. So that is just amazing. It's just like, like uh, almost uh, unbelievable. Since we've met in 2019, obviously the world has gone crazy. China has officially banned Bitcoin and we've seen that test, but we've also conquered another feat, which is legal tender in a country uh, with oh, yeah. El Salvador. So, uh, oh, you know, yes. you didn't mention that. And of course, yeah, we have how, to talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. How could I miss that? So that was that was huge. Most importantly, not because the country adopting it as a reserve currency. So this is where I don't think anyone would have thought that a country would be using it as a medium of exchange using the lightning network. That's just like, um, so this is one of the things you, you throw, to, you know, there's a good thing out there. When people see it differently, none of the Bitcoiners in 2019 would have thought that a country would be using it as a medium of exchange. And there you go. The first country to actually adopt it is using it as a medium of exchange, not just as a reserve currency. So um, extremely bullish, extremely positive, and more and more people are coming on this side of Bitcoin. So first of all, there's no one who hasn't heard about Bitcoin. So that's the first thing, right? In 2019, you know, five out of 10 people, if you speak them, they wouldn't have heard of Bitcoin. So, so that has changed massively. And out of those 10 people, if there was like only one guy who really, you know, was on the Bitcoin side or like Bitcoin, maybe that has gone to three. So that's a massive improvement as well. So yes, things have changed uh, drastically. Um, what we now need to see is how we can actually, so the, the reason we are in Bitcoin is because we think it's good for the society, right? It's the sound money um, aspect of it or uh, self-responsibility aspect of it and um, uh, what it inculcates and stuff like that. Now, that is what we need to see. What we don't want to see is a lot of billionaires and a lot of hedge funds and all holding Bitcoins uh, in their, in their, uh, in their you know, asset allocation and stuff like that. And that is the end of story. That doesn't help society as much. So that is what we need to really see. And I'm hoping that you know, in the next few years, we'll see some real... Um, life-changing stories and uh, life-changing um, you know people really coming out and seeing how it helped them especially in places like El Salvador, India, Latam and stuff like that. Oh, I, I think we're going to see so much and uh, you know the cover of the Bitcoin magazine El Salvador edition um, has the face of Adrian who is the man who used Bitcoin uh, in an El Zante during kind of like the early days to save up for uh, dental surgery and getting new dentures. Uh, and right. it's just like a, such a powerful image on the cover. And then we tell the story on the inside, but 
Uh, there's so many more of those stories. I think Alex Gladstein has done an absolutely oh, incredible absolutely. job unearthing a lot of a, a lot of those stories and doing some really really good firsthand journalism um, from you know across you know across the world. So recommend the Bitcoiners out there subscribe to the new print Bitcoin magazine and get the El Salvador edition. And uh, go to BitcoinMagazine.com, look up Alex Gladstein, read all of his amazing, uh, you know, parts in his uh, in his uh, column with us. So uh, a lot of great stuff there with the human side of Bitcoin. And I think this is a good place to transition to your wallet, right? So yes. Hexa 2.0, um, finally ready for, for kind of the mainstream. And uh, the wallet has a lot of features that other wallets don't have. Uh, there's a really strong focus on giving full-fledged features in the UI that uh, is palatable and usable to someone who like doesn't is not a hardcore Bitcoiner. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like maybe before even getting into the specific features, like why do you think that this is an area that you need to address, and like why is that such an important part of like the Bitcoin story in general? Absolutely. So a lot of people are contributing to Bitcoin in different ways, right? Um, once, once kind of I or you know we established that we want this is the space we want to work in, the best place we could add value, um, which was really our forte, is the product space. We come from a product space. We know how products work and what really makes sense as a package, right? So that is where we come from, and uh, that was that is why wallet was a natural space for us to look at uh, the UX, the you know what, what what does a product really mean for the user? Why does the user use a product? And those kind of questions we've been. We have been looking at um, at uh, at it for probably you know uh, for years before we started Hexa. So that was the natural space, and at the end of it, wallet is the face of Bitcoin, right? When a user interacts with uh, with Bitcoin, unless you're running a node or you're mining, yeah, they, you know, absolutely those are use cases as well. But for a for a normal user, for a you know um, new coiner or a pre-coiner, wallet is the is the touch point of the for the blockchain or for Bitcoin. So that is, I think, a space which still has a lot of opportunities. But that's where you know we, I think, we are, we are trying to make our mark and trying to make sure that a lot more people do self custody rather than you know just leave it at Coinbase. So so that's that's the that's the backdrop um, how we you know when we started working on Hexa. Okay, so let's let's talk about like some of the features on the app and. And, you know, why those features? I remember when I first got my hands on it, one of the coolest feature, and it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, is the fact that you make testnet very accessible, right? And you have like a little testnet wallet right in there. And, you know, for beginners, like that could be a, a really big deal. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, if you really think about a person you've spoken to recently, who is not really a Bitcoiner, maybe you know, they're an artist and they are doing their own stuff and they're happy with it, but they do understand. They trust you or they kind of um, are interested in Bitcoin for some reason. Um, and they get, a, get, you know, get it uh, from, a, um, from a standpoint of why it is important, but they don't really understand the technicalities of it, right? And they don't want to, and they don't have to. That is for us builders to build. So when you talk to them, um, one of the first things that they come across is how do we use Bitcoin? And uh, that is where, if you if you download Hexa, one of the first things you see is a preloaded test account. We call them accounts, not wallets, so that it's like a you know easier term to deal with. You know, when people download have a banking app, they have different accounts within it. So that's why we are calling those um, stacks of UTXOs or whatever as you know accounts. Test account is the first thing they look at. 
and it is pre-filled in, right? So it has 10,000 sats, you can play around with it. You can actually send them to your friends and family. You can send them to another Hexa wallet or any wallet which, you know, um, looks at, uh, has testnet support. What that does is when you are trying to use it, it pops up useful messages on the way. So when you when you go to send, it will say, you know, it will talk about what's a Bitcoin address. When you try to receive it, it will talk about probably what are the number of confirmations and what does that mean? So that really helps people get a, you know, uh, get their um, hands dirty without really spending a penny. Um, so that that has been really useful. It's not a mock account; it's a it's a real account. So sometimes confirmations come in very quickly. Sometimes they take a little bit of time, and the user really understands what it means, what are two, you know, what two confirmations mean, and so on. So that's the test account, right? That's the first thing people start using, and when they're happy with it. Uh, they don't really need to go away and write the 24 words down and then think about, you know, putting it in the right place. They haven't even bought $10. Why do you want them to write 24 words down? They won't, right? So one of the first thing the wallet does is automatically, it automatically backs up, uh, backs up on the, on your cloud. So if you are on iCloud or Google Drive, it backs it up, backs up your wallet on your cloud. So you don't really need to do anything. It encrypts it and backs it up. So essentially you have a wallet which is you know backed up at a basic level and uh, you can start using the test account. And then when you get interested, you, 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 know, you think about, okay, how do I get my hands on uh, my first uh, Bitcoin? And uh, that is where we have integrated with, uh, with a few exchanges right from within the wallet. Well, what we don't want is for them to go to Coinbase, right? Uh, to buy Bitcoin and then they get, completely overwhelmed with the graphs and the number of coins out there and they start looking for what is cheaper and then they um, you know get get lost in the shitcoin casino um, so that's why we have integrated it right within the wallet so you have a buy button you just you know go through a few steps and you have non custodially bought bitcoin is within your hexa wallet right so that's typically the the next thing that a user does so that so when 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 you do that, you not only you get sats in your account, you get it in a in a in a way that uh, you can maintain them differently. So there are different accounts like checking accounts and savings account. And if you are buying a huge amount, or if you are you know transferring a huge amount, you might keep keep it in your savings account and not the checking account. Savings account is a multi-sig account. So these are the you know um, these are the f first few things a new coiner does which really gives them comfort that, um, you know, one, they understand Bitcoin a little bit. Uh, and second thing is, it is, uh, it is safe to some extent. So that is, that is pretty important when, when it comes to getting a new coiner on board. Yo, what is going on, plebs? We're going to take a break from our programming to tell you about the resurrection of our print magazine, starting with the El Salvador issue. Starting this fall, Bitcoin Magazine will be available on newsstands nationwide and at retail stores such as Barnes & Noble. Don't want to get off your couch, though? No problem. You can also go to store.bitcoinmagazine.com. So skip the line and get each issue shipped directly to your front door with our annual subscription. I'm talking four issues a year that contain exclusive interviews and profiles with leading Bitcoiners, actionable insights on the state of the market, breaking news and cultural trends, along with powerful photos and artwork from the best artists in the world. Subscribe today and get 21% off using code podcast at checkout. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast at checkout.
The world of crypto can seem like the Wild West sometimes. Soaring highs, crashing lows, celebrity shills, and new coins popping up seemingly out of nowhere every day. Look, we get it, because we've been there before. At Bitcoin Magazine, we aim to filter out the noise and help newcomers concentrate on the signal. That's why we focus on Bitcoin only. Learning about Bitcoin may seem intimidating at first, but we've worked hard to break things down in a simple and digestible format that anyone can understand. Bitcoin Magazine has launched a free 21-day email course that teaches you about the fundamentals of Bitcoin. You'll receive one new lesson each day that covers a brand new topic as we guide you down the Bitcoin rabbit hole with quick and easy 3-5 to five minute reads. Not only do you get the free course, but everyone who completes the quiz at the end will earn some free Bitcoin. Start learning and earning Bitcoin today. Visit b.tc forward slash 21 days to enroll. So um, I guess, again, a lot of the features are very like advanced, right? Like you... Uh, you make it look easy. You call it accounts. Um, again, the UX is like feels very much like a fintech or a neobank type of a, a, a situation, but obviously it's non-custodial. You're using Tor. Um, you're using a lot of these like Bitcoin maximalist best practices per se. Um, but I guess uh, my question is, let's talk a little bit more about like those deeper features. You mentioned multi-sig for the savings account. Mm -hmm. like. How does that work? And uh, I know that you have a scheme that's a little bit more advanced than um, than just writing down yeah. seed words and and having it so that you use a uh, Shamir secret sharing to kind of break up uh, shards and share it amongst other Hexa users or other Hexa wallets. Like, can you talk a little bit about the more advanced features that some of the Bitcoiners listening to this might be intrigued by? Absolutely. So once the user has kind of gone through the steps we talked about. And they get more interested in, you know, um, making sure that their 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 backup is uh, slightly more resilient and more secure. What we have is we have three levels of backup. Again, something that uh, others wallet uh, other wallets don't have. The 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 key thing here to understand is um, on day one, a pre coiner is not going to uh, do everything that you want them to do. They're not going to uh, back it up to level three and and uh, you know run a node and turn on tour at the same time. So you want them to grow grow as they learn and you want them, them to have the wallet support them on, on the journey, right? Um, so once you have, let's say, you know, we have bought a few thousand, uh, thousand pounds worth of Bitcoin in your wallet, you might want to think about the backup. Now, what you would do is you would go from backup level one, which is the automated cloud backup to level two backup. And then eventually you might even go to level three backup. What's a level two backup? It's a two of three Shami secret sharing, uh, Shami secret sharing based scheme. And level three is a three of five uh, Shami scheme, right? So what that means is in level two, you need two of three recovery keys, not, uh, you know, so there's a residency in terms of, even if you lose one key, you still have two keys to completely restore your wallet. If you're going to want to go beyond that, you have level three, which is three of five, so basically that means you have uh, you have two keys that you can afford to lose, but your wallet is still secure. The thing with backup is you don't use backups every day, right? You don't restore your wallet every day. 
you would restore a wallet probably once in a year or once in maybe you know multiple years so it's very important that whatever your backup scheme ha- is the resiliency is built into it you can't have a backup scheme with a single point of failure what shamir secret sharing does is it gives you that optionality and because shamir secret sharing is completely off chain right because the backup and the sharding of the um, seed is completely off chain you can actually maintain the utxos as they are and at the same time change change your uh, backup scheme what do i mean by that so let's say i'm i'm keeping five accounts uh, five separate accounts on my wallet just because i want to keep the utxos uh, segregated one is a checking account one is a you know friends and family account one is a colleagues account and one is a like a um, you know private account or whatever it is um, now when i want to go from level 1 backup to level 2 backup it's not like a multisig going from one multisig to another multisig because what would happen in that case is you will have to move all the utxos together and when you move all the utxos together they get connected so your privacy is completely gone for toss what happens in shamir secret sharing is whatever your utxos are they remain as they are if you have tagged them if you have put them in an account or something they completely remain as they are the privacy there's no leak of privacy and at the same time you go from you know level 1 backup to level 2 backup and so on so that's pretty important again none of this is kind of uh, explicitly the user has to do anything about it but it is something that the ux hides up you just go from level 1 to level 2 by scanning two more qr codes and then level 2 to level 3 by scanning two more qr codes and that's it all the magic happens in the background and uh, the user is you know at a at a better place so that's the backup piece so i mean from a backup perspective i want to dive into a couple things and i guess we can talk about multi sig but from a backup perspective yes uh what's your problem with seed words like you mentioned like single point of failure is bad and you obviously demonstrated some of the benefits of shamir but like why do you choose to completely move in a different direction there when that's kind of like a an industry standard yeah absolutely so there are people who use seed words and seed words are uh, before in fact if you really see seed words uh, uh 24 word seed words or 12 word seed words are, ha- was a major improvement right before that it was uh, you could just imagine uh, in terms of how do you back up the wallet you will have to back it up in a .dat file every single time every single time you do a transaction and all that so um so the bip supporting the hierarchical domestic wallet and the mnemonic seed is amazing right so definitely they are uh, they are um, they are uh, they are suitable for a lot of use cases and a lot of hardcore bitcoiners when i started off obviously that's the way i backed up my wallet uh, but uh, if you really look at people who are not really hardcore bitcoiners they are doing their own stuff they might not even learn about this very well this really gives you a good trade off in terms of security guarantees so what it does is it increases um, it increases the resiliency and at the same time it doesn't really mean that you have to custody something with um, you have to custody something with someone it is completely still with you but instead of having one place and one set of words it gives you three qr codes or five qr codes so uh, for a lot of people honestly not for everyone but for a lot of people this is a strictly a better security scheme um than you know than writing down secrets for a lot of people not for everyone 
And what it also does is, um, um, you know, because these QR codes, you might want to store these QR codes with, uh, let's say you have stored it one with uh, one of your devices that you just keep at home, maybe an iPad, um, and you just, you know, keep it secure. Uh, and one you have printed it out in a, on a PDF file and kept it somewhere else. And one you have shared with your mom. Um, uh, so you, what it also does is it maintains the health of the backup. So it's not that, you know, two years down the line, when you try to recover it, you realize, oh, you know what, my iPad is no longer charging and my uh, mom has just lost the recovery key and I don't know where I've kept the QR code. It doesn't let you do that. Every, periodically, it actually, if it's something which is like a digital thing, it actually pings it and checks it, whether the QR code or the recovery key is, um, you know, live or not. If the recovery key is live, it knows that, you know, everything is fine. But if it is not, it will warn you. It will tell you that something is wrong with this recovery key. Why don't you do something about it? Maybe send it again or maybe send it to someone else. So what that means is your backup is not, it's not stale. It's not that you have to go and check it every time. It it, it tells you the health of your backup um, on the wallet itself. So that's pretty powerful as well. So I guess uh, last thing on this, and then we can move away, but tell me a little bit about sure. like interoperability per se. Like, is this a standard that you're trying to open up for other wallets to support as well? Or, um, or is this kind of something, you know, that, that just more or less fits within the Hexa ecosystem? See, Shamir secret sharing has been around for way longer than, uh, way longer than, you know, Bitcoin multisig or anything like that. So what we have done, um, there is nothing cryptographically uh, different or you know new that we have tried to do. We have tried to use what is existing out there available and proven, right? And the code is also open. So we, you know, if someone wants to look at the code, and um, I think um, uh, there are a few companies who, who have looked at it. For example, there is slip. Um, slip. There is a slip which uh, the Trezor guys have done, which also works on a similar concept. Of Shamir secret sharing. So this this concept has been out there. The code is open, and uh, to make it interoperable is um, is definitely something you would love to do if other wallets are interested. And even you you don't even need a wallet. If you really um, you know uh, if you really want, you can look at the code. You can you know build the build that piece of uh, code yourself, which combines the recovery keys completely independent of Hexa, and gives you the seed. So that can be done as well. Um, so yeah, in that way, it is, it is completely open. Makes sense. That's the beauty of open source, right? Anyone can make it interoperable if they just, uh, you know, build something Absolutely. exactly the same. So, um, I mean, and, and hopefully, you know, as, as Hexa has, you know, tremendous success, um, that is going to, you know, push your network effects for these features. Uh, you have a lot of other cool features. Let's talk about the multi-sig. How does the, the multi-sig savings account work on the wallet? So multi-sig savings account, honestly, is uh, um, it's, it's just a two of three multi-sig, right? And uh, it is pretty similar to the way Green Wallet used to uh, Green Wallet used to work. That one of the keys is on the um, uh, on your phone, the other key is on one key is on the server, and the third key is completely you know kept away. The in interesting thing we have done, um, I think it's quite innovative from a UX standpoint is. The third key that you would have otherwise had to, you know, mail yourself or store it separately, we have embedded embedded that in your recovery keys, so you don't have to do anything extra, right? Otherwise, you would have to have your backups done separately, 
and your third key of the um, savings account you know stored separately that that is just not a good idea from a ux point of view so the qr code the what we call recovery key when you actually use it it has both the things built in it has uh, it has a part of the it has part of the you know the key for the savings account plus your uh, plus your primary account part of primary account as well or the wallet as well so that's anyway that's a ux um, uh, ux uh, shortcut or ux uh, opportunity that we have utilized but uh, but uh, but savings account fundamentally it's a two of three multi sig when you want to send using the savings account you have to provide a 2fa um, from a google authenticator or something we don't support sms and we don't take your email addresses no personal information whatsoever so you provide it a you know 2fa code from your authenticator app and uh, uh, the server knows that this is the right code and it it gives you the second signature if the server goes down all you have to do uh, and for example we are not there anymore um, suddenly overnight you can use the uh, recovery key and the part of the which basically which is the third signature and use that to get your funds out of savings account as well so that's uh, that's the beauty of savings account I really like it. Uh, again, like I'm not uh, a developer or security person, so I'm not in position to really push back super hard on the security model, but I like how effectively you embed, use cryptography and like, you know, the, 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 the backup in your server um, to, to kind of create a much better than single SIG on a mobile wallet situation, right? Um, so I guess... In terms of like, if you were to lose your device, right? Theoretically, what you do is you recover, you use your recovery scheme to recover the wallet. And then from there, you've recovered the wallet and then you can ping the server again and you're good uh, with the backup still yes. being embedded within the Shamir secret sharing backup. So it, it sounds yes. like it is pretty resilient. Um, can you can you talk about like, is, so, you know, best and... practice? Sorry, go for it. No, I was just I just wanted to add that uh, security because we were trying something new um, in terms of within the Bitcoin wallet space. So there are a lot of seedless wallets out there, um, but within the Bitcoin space, we wanted to do it in a very non-custodial way and without personal taking any personal information. We knew we in fact ourselves had security concerns, so we did uh, do whatever we could do in terms of uh, you know opening it up for the community getting feedback from them getting evan involved so evan is uh, is in the team he's uh, you know security researcher by profession and uh, um, getting it reviewed externally as well um, uh, and a lot of stuff we have done we have even presented we were actually invited to present it in defcon which is uh, the biggest hacker conference in um, in the world and stuff like that so we have Try to take all the steps that we could to make sure that the security is, uh, you know, if we are ta talking about that the backup is secure, we can't really um, not take it seriously, right? So, so that's uh, that's something definitely we have looked at it very seriously, and uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the backup scheme within Exa. There are a lot of stuff we have written on it, so everyone can go and read our Medium articles and uh, you know reach out to us, ask questions, make suggestions, and stuff like that. So. Can you tell me, like, I think the Bitcoin or best practices is generally to 
use a secure signing device, right? So uh, like a treasure, ledger, cold card, foundation devices, whatever it is, it's like a, a dedicated secure signing device that's completely offline. Absolutely. Do, do you see that being a part of, you know, what Hexa offers at some point or, and, you know, I guess, um, how would you rate, you know, like, let's just call it multi-sig with hardware wallets versus uh, the two of three situation that you have uh, on the wallet, uh, on the Hexa wallet right now using yeah. mobile devices and your server and a backup? So uh, honestly, real multi-sig is when it is done across platforms. If you're doing a multi-sig, um, it is still useful the way multi-sig you have done the multi-sig in Hexa. It is still useful. It has additional security built on top of the checking account. But the real multi-sig is when it can be done across platforms. So one is a Hexa wallet, maybe one is a um, server and one is a treasure device or ledger or something like that. So that is definitely something we are looking at and uh, that will you know, be another kind of high sec highly secure account, maybe a vault or something that we will introduce, which, uh, which people can simply add if they want that kind of security. Definitely something we are working on. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that would be such a cool product set, right? Is like being able to tie in a hardware wallet and, and, you know, feel like you are doing it all yourself. I think that that's really powerful. Um, let's talk see about again, journey, you know, again, you again, again, it's, it's about, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but see, it's again about the journey. Initially people are not really, uh, you know, looking into two FM multi-sig. They just want a checking account. They have hundred dollars. They want to play with it. Then they realize, you know what, they, their, you know, X sats have become $5,000 suddenly. So they use the savings account. Right now, our user base and people who are using Hexa are uh, not storing, and we don't recommend that they store, right, you know, um, uh, their their life savings on it. But soon that will happen. Your whatever amount you have saved in SATs will become your life savings, or it will become ninety percent of your life savings. Very, uh, you know, very high percentage just because of you know number of technology. Um, now that is why we want to keep improving the wallet. We want to introduce vaults. We want to introduce hardware wallet support, PSBT support, and that would probably coincide with our users actually going down the journey. So that's that's the way we think about different accounts within Excel. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Um, again, uh, I feel like you have a, a very holistic view to how you're introducing features. Um, another feature is obviously lightning. I know that, you know, Folger Ventures, uh, is, is, uh, you know, working with you all and, and, uh, they funded you all and, you know, they're all about lightning. So I'm sure that's something that's like very much on the, the, the horizon. Tell me a little bit more about, uh, the future of, you know, spending Bitcoin with the wallet and, and enabling kind of lightning. Yes. Yes. Lightning is definitely. Um, something which is coming in pretty quick, pretty um, pretty soon, uh, top of the priority in terms of the backlog. Um, in fact, we have started working on it already. We are speaking to um, the Square Crypto team and the Lightning Labs team, and uh, in fact, even talking to other wallets out there and looking at how they have implemented it. So I think we are in a good uh, good um, space right now to start. Uh, in terms of the Lightning Lightning Network, has also grown. In 2019, Lightning Network, uh, the condition of Lightning Network was very different from what it is now. So probably that really gives us confidence that uh, we can implement the, implement Lightning Network in a user-friendly way. In 2019, we did not want to try it out. Or 2020, um, early 20, we did not want to go for it because the UX would suffer. 
but that's not the case anymore right so we are all um, all quite keen to get it on hexa and uh, your spending account will at, you know essentially be powered by lightning so you don't really need a lightning wallet and a bitcoin wallet in fact you don't really need to be able to differentiate between them it will just be a spending account powered by lightning so lightning is a technology you don't have to you know worry about how it works so that's uh, that's how we are um, uh, you know we are looking at it and how we are approaching it and uh, you know we will um, we'll make sure that we keep the standard uh, the ux standard as high as we have done with other features for lightning as well so i want to learn a little bit more about this like obviously you're going to make the spending account powered by lightning a wallet that has burst onto the scene is the moon wallet because of their ux and they effectively have one balance and then it's interoperable lightning to uh or on chain is that something like similar to a ux that you're going for or is it strictly just going to be a lightning wallet that spends only to lightning and you know you know people don't necessarily you know they they can spend from a different wallet if they want to use on chain like tell me about how that works no, definitely it's going to be a single balance. So when the user is using it, their checking account is something, uh, you can call it checking account or spending account, but their checking account is something where they keep pocket change and they want to buy coffee with it. They should not have to switch to another account and uh, you know use that for Lightning and then try to go to another account and then try to do an on-chain payment. Definitely not. We might do that as an intermediate step just to you know try it out. But our main goal is to have uh, the checking account or spending account powered by Lightning. So it will have a single balance and it should not matter to the user unless there's an extreme case and there's an edge case. Um, it should not matter to the user whether you are using a Lightning uh, Lightning network or you know base chain. So that's how we are looking at it. Definitely a single balance in that wallet. So the savings account will still be separate. It's a multi-sig, right? So that can't be really mixed up with uh, Lightning, at least as of now. You might have a vault, which is, you know, a five of seven multi-sig with Trezor and Ledger and stuff like that. So that's going to be completely different from a checking account, uh, which has, uh, you know, single balance across your own chain and Lightning. So your perspective here is, you know, people are using Hexa Wallet for their whole Bitcoin stack of use cases. Um, it's their spending wallet. They have effectively a saving account that requires 2FA, and then they'll eventually have a vault that has secure signing devices um, associated with it. They view and use Bitcoin through their phone as their main device. Um, and that's that's the Bitcoin stack right there. And they kind of like manage all this stuff on their Absolutely. own. You're providing you know, the on-ramps for, I'm, I'm assuming they're available in several different countries um, between Swan and a lot yes. of these other services. So, I mean, it, it really does feel like you're you're thinking about it from like an ecosystem perspective, uh, which is really exciting. And it's it's something that I haven't seen as much um, uh, in the, the Bitcoin wallet landscape so far. Maybe I'm, I'm incorrect there, but. No, actually you're, you're, you're right. So um, I won't, I won't like to point out any wallet, but a lot of the wallets which started out very early, um, they had to pro, you know, uh, create solutions of their own, which was not really out there. Um, and they had to build a custom lightning solution um, that works only within their wallet. What we don't want to do is uh, have a solution. There are, there are different features. There are features which works just within your wallet and has nothing to do with the network effects. 
but stuff like lightning it's very very important that you are hooked into the lightning network that the ecosystem use rather than trying to create your own custom solution because the liquidity that you can provide is always going to be much inferior to the liquid that generally the ecosystem is able to provide so what we want to do is we want to hook into the hook into this whole network of lsps and people who are providing this service rather than trying to create a solution that only you know our wallet supports it might be great in the short term but we believe in the long term for uh, lightning and stuff it has to be a ecosystem wide um, solution yo my fellow bitcoin lovers have i got something specifically curated for you the deep dive is bitcoin magazine's premium markets intelligence newsletter this isn't some pay group selling buy and sell signals. No, this is a premium Bitcoin analysis led by Dylan LeClaire and his team of analysts. They break down in an easily digestible way what is happening on chain in the derivatives markets and in the greater macro backdrop context for Bitcoin. This newsletter turns volatility into a joke. So hit up members.bitcoinmagazine.com and use promo code podcast for 30% off the deep dive. That's members.bitcoinmagazine.com promo code podcast for 30% off. Divorce your paid group and learn why Bitcoin is the ultimate asset by Dylan and his team. My fellow plebs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through the 9th is the ultimate pilgrimage for the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Bitcoin conference is the biggest event in all of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're leveling up and making this bigger and better than ever. I'm talking straight to the moon with the four day long festival in the heart of Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This has something for everyone. Whether you're a high-powered Bitcoin entrepreneur, a core developer, or a Bitcoin newbie, Bitcoin 2022 is the ultimate place for you to be with your people and celebrate and learn about the Bitcoin culture. So make sure to go to b.tc forward slash conference to lock in your official tickets and use promo code Satoshi for 10% off. Want more off? Pay in Bitcoin and you'll receive $100 off general admission and $1,000 off whale pass. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. I mean, again, I think that that's uh, really, it's really awesome. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of, you know, go through and, and dive into Hexa 2.0 um, now that we've had this conversation again, just because I love the vision in general, and I feel like the features make a lot of sense, right? Um, and, you know, a lot of wallets have been getting really big. Uh, so I think that there's a massive appetite for kind of like a one-stop shop. And right now, and like, I feel like even me, like I have just so many things going on in terms of uh, yeah. my Bitcoin, uh, you know, how I'm managing my Bitcoin. And not to say that that's a bad thing. It's just, you know, it's something to think about. And a lot of people, they just want a simple solution and they want it to just work and they want it to be reliable yeah. and safe. And, uh, you know, at least it seems as though that's yeah. kind of what you're building towards. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, even, even I, you know, I had like, like five wallets on my, on my phone and having different wallets is fine because, you know, you might have wallets, different wallets for different purposes. One is, uh, you know, multi sig and one is lightning and so on. But honestly, backing them up separately is a big pain. So you would have, uh, you know, you would end up writing, you know, five sets of 24 words and stuff like that. So that is one of the major things that you don't have to do with Hexa. If you have different accounts or wallets within the Hexa app, 
the backup is still still one and in fact you don't have to touch it if you add a new account it just gets backed up automatically um that's that's a major major friction point when it comes to you know people using uh people using bitcoin oh now i have to download a lightning wallet oh but i thought i already have bitcoin now i have to download something else that just isn't really you know um at least for most people there will still be people who are like hardcore bitcoiners and you know you know technically savvy and stuff like that who would end up using multiple wallets for advanced features but for most of the people we are building it for you know pre coiners and our friends and family who we want you know to have a um very very exclusive bitcoin only experience so for them this should be this should be uh, you know uh, the wallet to go to and that is why that is you know where our most important feature comes in which is the social part of it well, I mean, you can't just leave us with that. You got to tell us, tell us a little bit more about the social part. I mean, obviously you can yeah, share yeah, the backups with, with people, but tell us, tell us a little bit more. So, so we have something called friends and family. Now friends and family is uh, just like your um, list of contacts within the Hex app. Um, now, uh, if I want to add you CK and uh, I just want to make, uh, you know, uh, make you as a friend or friend and family contact within my wallet. I'll just um, ask, uh, you know give you a QR code. You scan that QR code, and boom, we have established a contact uh, within our wallet. So I, I will see CK as one of the contacts. You will see Ananta as one of the contacts. Now, once you have a contact, then then our wallets are connected. The the wallets can talk to each other in, in a completely encrypted way, in a completely private way, and send notifications to each other and stuff like that without. The server trying to know what is the phone number of CK and what's the phone number of one. We don't do any of that. It's a kind of a Duffy Hellman key exchange kind of an encryption, and our wallets are connected. And eventually, what happens is, is, is it becomes a network of peer-to-peer -peer network of wallets on top of Bitcoin, which is very powerful in itself. Um, now this now you have established a you know list of friends and family. Now you can use them for many reasons. One of them we've already seen that you can share recovery keys with your you know trusted contacts uh, who we call keepers because they keep your recovery key and uh, the and you know uh, they don't see your balances they don't uh, know what you're doing all they can do is help you recover the wallet similarly you can you know uh, use one of your contacts to create a joint account with them you you send them a joint account request and when they accept it maybe they are sitting in japan and i'm sitting in london and we can just have a joint account in a few clicks. Then you can probably, um, you, you can send sats to each other without asking for an address. So next time I have to send you, um, send you $10, I can just choose you from the contact list and say, you know, send sats and sats will go directly to you without me having to ask for your address. And it even doesn't reuse the address. So every time I send you, it uses a new address. So that's, that's a huge, um, a huge infrastructure piece on its own. Every time I, I send it to you, uh, you are able to give me a new address for the next time and so on and so forth. But that whole protocol of wallets speaking to each other um, is, is already there. So, so that's, that's quite powerful in terms of when we want to onboard our friends and family. No, I mean, totally. Like if you want to, like, let's say I have my little brother and I'm trying to get him onto a wallet you know, now I can help like here, here's the right wallet. And then I can help him. I can be his trusted contact. So if he ever has an issue, at least, you know, I'm part of that scheme to help him out. And it's again, like 
at least having an ecosystem play on your wallet on top of just the wallet itself, I feel like it's very intelligent. And you call that the social uh, aspect, but you know, once you start having all these full fledged features, it turns into like, this is your one-stop shop. And it, it actually benefits you to like get your friends and family on the same app too. Right. Um, uh, which I think is like, uh, is, is like pretty smart from just a like growth perspective. Yeah. I think it, it has uh, it has some kind of um, um, network effects built in if and and stickiness built in. Once you start using Hexa and you've backed it up and you're happy with your backup and you know the bunch of uh, friends you have on there or family you have on there, uh, then there's there should be no reason to change it really. Um, so so that's that's how we look at it. The most difficult part of the social part was that we wanted to do it without any of your personal information. So there are a lot of wallets out there which uh, do social stuff, but they are mostly custodial and uh, they do require um, and or, or they do require your personal information. We didn't want to do any of that. We didn't want to have like a central registry of phone number like WhatsApp has or uh, some other wallets have. So that was the most difficult part. But, uh, you know, um, we have been kind of working through it, uh, through, you know, in 1.0. And I think finally we have an awesome output in terms of uh, how that social layer works. So Anant, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what's next for for Hexa Wallet. Obviously we talked about Lightning, we talked about uh, uh, about multi-sig vaults with hardware wallets. Like, uh, is there anything that we missed? And like, um, maybe can you even hit us with some timelines uh, in terms of uh, maybe some of those features? Yeah, I think uh, there are two things I'll talk about. One, um, I think one, <laughs> I think we cannot uh, talk about the future without talking about one of the most um, um, a feature we are really looking forward to, which is the Swan Bitcoin integration. Um, so that's that that's an awesome account that you can you can have on your wallet, and uh, the way it works is you already have a Swan Bitcoin account uh, in your wallet, right? away and when you use that account and follow the link through you can register on swan bitcoin and once you have uh, finished registration there uh, any any and you have let's say you have set up a dc of hundred dollars or you know uh, ten thousand sats per week or something like that once that crosses a certain threshold right uh, and the default threshold is uh, 0.01 bitcoin once it crosses that threshold Automatically, you will be, you know, your stack will be transferred from uh, Swan to Hexa wallet in a non-custodial way, right? So you have a non-custodial stack. You don't have to do a thing. Yes, there will be, you know, you will have all the control in terms of giving the permission and making sure, you know, you can delink Hexa at any point in time if you want. But you can start from Hexa, register on Swan Bitcoin, come back to Hexa and just leave it at that. The DCA keeps happening on the Swan platform. And once it crosses the threshold, you will probably get an email. Um, you know, your your uh, stack has crossed 0.01 Bitcoin. Do you want to transfer it to Hexa like you wanted to? You say yes, and boom, it's in your uh, non-custodial, uh, you know, your self-custody wallet. So that's that's pretty amazing. And again, something that is very good for new coiners. Um, again, one of the features which is not out there, and uh, it took us some time, but it's finally there. So it's already live. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, again, like, 
having having the auto stacking automatically go to a non-custodial wallet that's huge because i've recommended other services people have auto stack to that and they found like oh wow i have a pretty big balance and then sometimes those services you know make it difficult to withdraw that balance so it's uh it's definitely important to uh you know to have the auto stack built in and to just have it going straight to non-custodial in a super user-friendly way that you know is safe and backed up um it, it makes a lot of sense Absolutely, absolutely. And talking about other features, there's a donation account which um, which I'll not go into the detail of, but that's another pretty cool feature. Um, and uh, uh, we have we have one of the features which will come out pretty soon is uh, ability to gift someone. So today, problem with gifting Sats is you have to first ask the other person to download a wallet and then ask for an address and then send it. That's one way of doing it. Um, that's that's pretty interactive and. Uh, um, and the other way of doing it is if you send them a link or send them uh, send them some zaps they uh, over over a link they might never accept it right so you might you might not even get it back so one of the things uh, while again when you talk about onboarding new coiners and onboarding people like in your your close friend circle and stuff like that people have used the gifting use case a lot right so that's coming in coming next we just send a link to someone uh, you know uh, someone you want uh, on board onto bitcoin and they click on the link they might decline it uh, decline the gift if they don't accept the gift or just completely ignore it you know seven days down the line it the gift is back in your wallet or you can you know pull it back anytime but if they do accept it it it, uh, it appears in the wallet as a gift and they can you know use it for whatever purpose they want so that's a very very neat use case it's not uh, the most uh, um it's quite useful it's not like technically a big breakthrough or anything like that but it's very useful in onboarding new users so that's that's that is a feature we are already testing so probably should be out within a few weeks um yeah no, it is super that's useful i remember um in 2019 uh there was a wallet called drop it that's no longer in service anymore but their gifting features over social were super super useful to just like give out bitcoin um, and, you know, if they don't accept it, the link will expire and then you're fine. You know, you have the Bitcoin, it's nothing happened, but if they accept it, they download the wallet, boom, they have a wallet that's ready to go. And it sounds like, again, the wallet that you're building, you know, there's no custodial aspects to it. Every, everything is yes, very well yes. thought out and kind of uh, follows a lot of best practices. I know you have some great advisors, so excited personally to jump in. Uh, Anant, want to give you a last word and then uh, let's close this one out. It was, this is a, a great talk and uh, I, again, I learned a lot about um, kind of the Hexa ecosystem, which uh, I think is very exciting. Um, not uh, so the journey has start, just started. We have just you know started building Hexa. We want to build Hexa for the next ten years, and there's a lot to do uh, just within the Bitcoin space. Um, so so you know keep following us, keep encouraging us as you guys have been, and uh, you know your feedback is is always welcome. So that's, that, that is the message I want to close with. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hey, to the Bitcoiners out there, go check out Hexa wallet. Um, I remember I've been checking it out, you know, checking in on it every, uh, every few months. And, uh, I'm really excited about a lot of the things that, uh, and not talked about and the roadmap in general. So, uh, I think it's, it seems like one of the most promising wallets out there and encourage everyone to check it out, give them feedback, do all that good stuff. Go follow them on social media. Not are you on Twitter? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, um, my my Twitter handle is Anand underscore Tap. 
So that's A N A N T underscore T A P, and Hexa Wallet is at Hexa Wallet. So yeah, awesome. Do follow us and get in touch. Yeah, absolutely. So check out the wallet. Follow and not follow Hexa. Follow me at CK underscore Snarks. Go follow Bitcoin Magazine at Bitcoin Magazine. Go find all Bitcoin Magazine stuff and everything that we're doing at BitcoinMagazine.com. Uh, and yeah, keep stacking sats and uh, enjoy this this price action. Peace. Yeah. 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 Yeah.